eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Uh, led by Jaquin and Jackson, of course, the, the Texas commit. He's got all the arm talent in the world to be a quarterback. I think he just really needs somebody to teach him how. And, um, you know, he, he uh, of course, can run as well. And... Welcome to the State of Recruiting, a weekly podcast featuring the insights of Longhorn recruiting analyst Mike Roach, and hosted by Bobby Burton. Roach offers unparalleled insight into recruiting on the 40 acres. Each week, he crisscrosses the state watching and talking to blue chip recruits. And I'm Bobby Burton, a 1992 Texas grad and one of the recruiting industry's founding fathers. I played a formative role in the creation of both 24-7 Sports and Rivals.com. The State of Recruiting is taped each and every Wednesday during football and recruiting season. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hook them. Mike, uh, welcome this week. Uh, we had Jerry Hamilton last week uh, filling in for you while you were on the road. Everything going all right? Yeah, how about yourself? Yeah, it's going great. Uh, figured we'd talk some recruiting today again. Um, you know, I had a couple different topics uh, that you and I had discussed uh, off air that we wanted to cover. And I think the the first most pressing one is the the Longhorns got a commitment from Ty Jordan uh, over the weekend, the running back slash athlete, uh, really a skill position athlete out of uh, West Mesquite. Uh, you're pretty familiar with Ty. What can you tell us about him? Uh, just really a, one of the better all around weapons in the Dallas area. I mean, he's a kid that uh, you know runs in the ten ten fives or ten sixes in the hundred meters. Uh, ran a four five three, I believe, on the laser at the opening, um, and has been kind of a, a known quantity up in this area uh, for a while. He's he plays on on what I would call a, a team that is uh, pretty talentless right now, um, and he's really the only guy on it. He faces loaded boxes and, and double teams every time he runs out, but still manages to put up production. Um, I think when you look at him, a lot of people will will single out his height and say he's five foot seven as a running back. Um, if you actually watch him play, he, he's built pretty thick and he, he runs better than, uh, most people at five foot seven do. I think he's, uh, he's pretty good between the tackles. His head coach told me he's a pretty physical blocker as well. So I think he's just more speed to add to this offense. He can, uh, do a little bit of everything. I think he can even play a little bit in the slot. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think a big pickup Texas chased him really hard for over for the last year and, um, you know, I also was was kind of following him around for that period of time, and uh, been waiting for this one to drop for about a month, and it finally did. Yeah, I mean, so his personal records ten five two in the one hundred on a laser or on a uh, automatic 
timing. So that's that's plenty fast. And I, I watched his uh, highlight videos from just released some for this year. And there's one where he takes a flare pass um, and gets around the edge. And I think he goes around 70 or 80 yards for a touchdown. And he really showcases his speed in that. Uh, the question that, that I think is legitimate is, is he – I know that uh, there are different body builds. Uh, for example, Devin DuVernay is, is built slightly different than Jake Smith, you know, and um, so small isn't necessarily – small is always relative to, to the way your, your body's built. Is he, is he built more like DuVernay or Smith or, uh, you know, how, how does he compare in that regard from you having seen him in person? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, so watching him grow over the, the years, I've probably seen Ty play in five or six games on Friday nights. I've probably seen him in uh, seven or eight seven-on-seven seven tournaments, and I've seen him at practice a bunch and a bunch of camps. I mean, I'm probably as familiar with Ty as I am anybody in the state. Um, he is, is really grown physically, but he's kind of just – He I think Duvernay is, is a good comparison in bodybuild-wise because they're just both kind of little bowling balls, and that's what Ty looks like to me is he's – he may be 5'7", but he, he's he's built like a little bowling ball, and uh, you know he's able to run with that low center of gravity. I think that's what we've seen from Duvernay this year is why he's able to break so many tackles on those screens because he's a hard guy to hit and uh, I think Ty's the same way yeah what kind of hands does he have speaking of DuVernay and and this Devin is is catching everything right now what what's uh what are Jordan's hands like yeah Ty's got excellent hands I mean he uh really you know kind of came out as as a prospect on the seven on seven scene which as you know I mean means that he has to be catching passes he's a good route runner he catches just about everything um and you know West Mesquite kind of uses him in that way as well um I think that Texas is going to be able to deploy him in a bunch of different ways. I think he's a return guy too, probably. Uh, he's in that mix as well. Um, but yeah, really good hands and really good, like just uh, understanding for receiving as far as uh, finding the ball in the air, body control, all those type of things. So, bottom line, do you like this pickup from for the Longhorns? Yeah, I really do. I think if you're looking at a second running back take, you you. When you have a guy like Bijan Robinson, who's uh, you know the five-star workhorse, do-it-all guy, I think that you look for a second guy who is complimentary in the sense that they are, uh, and not that's not an insult to Ty. It's more of a how does he. Uh, you know, how do the two complement each other? And I think with Ty, um, you know, he can do a little bit of everything and you can you can get both on the field at the same time if you've got Ty in the slot and you can, uh, you know, you can't teach that type of speed he has. So I really like the pickup. I think as far as number two running backs go, it's it's a really good way to go about it. Gotcha. Um, you mentioned B. John Robinson. So let's let's segue to the next piece of this. And where are you headed out? Are you headed to... Uh, where were you last weekend first of all second of all where are you going this weekend to watch watch some high school games yeah so uh last friday i uh went and saw alito and uh, they played Burleson Centennial, so I got to watch JoJo Earl uh, and Jace McClellan. Uh, JoJo Earl looked fantastic. He had about 100 yards uh, on seven or eight catches and a touchdown, and then about 75 yards rushing with and uh, a bunch on return. He's just a, a really good, really polished route runner, and um, you know, you add that to his speed, uh, it, it just it works really well because he's not having to uh, just out athlete guys. He's setting them up and and killing them with his. His, his ability on route running um 
and then Friday night, or I'm sorry, Saturday night, I saw uh, Duncanville take on St. John's College from Washington, D.C., uh, which was kind of the big game, hyped <clears throat> hyped in state. And uh, Duncanville kind of took care of them with no problem. So uh, led by Jaquinn and Jackson, of course, the, the Texas commit. Um, I was really impressed. Uh, you know, he's really making an effort this year to throw the ball more and be more of a passer. Um, he really has a great deep ball. The problem is, is like he just he, – he doesn't – he hasn't been taught the little things that you need to be taught as far as keeping your feet set and, uh, uh, you know, his deep ball accuracy suffers because of that. Sometimes it's his placement suffers, but, um, he's got all the arm talent in the world to be a quarterback. I think he just really needs somebody to teach him how. And, um, you know, he, he, uh, of course can run as well. And, um, I think he had, uh, he ended up throwing for about 160 yards passing and, uh, you know, running for, for, 50 or 60 yards, had three touchdowns. So uh, he had a really good showing. Um, talked to him after the game. He did say he's uh, completely locked into Texas and is actually taking uh, his official this weekend. Um, and so this week I'm going to go see uh, Timberview uh, play on Thursday night. So I'll be able to see Jaden Holoby um, and his little brother Landon Holoby uh, in action against Woodrow Wilson. And then Friday – uh, I will be heading to Tucson to see Bijan Robinson and South Point Catholic. Gotcha. And uh, and who do they play? Anybody of note or no? Just some uh, is, some other Tucson school. <laughs> I, I don't. I think it's Glendale. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's more Phoenix. Glendale Cactus. Okay. I think is the name. Gotcha. Of the gotcha. Well, they might have somebody. Hey, you know, going back to Duncanville and Jaquindon Jackson, real quick. I mean, the thing that I noticed in the state championship game against. Uh, North Shore wasn't so much, uh, yes, he had arm talent. Yes, he was a superior runner of the football. He had a, an impeccable sense of timing for when to do either. Um, really a, a competitive f- piece of the puzzle that I think often gets missed on co- high school quarterbacks. And really, it, it's something that Vince Young had when he was that age where he knew when to try to throw the ball and he, he knew when to, ha- when to try to out-athlete somebody. Yeah, I think that's a really actually uh, great point. I think that um, you know, we always look at the baseline traits and what's visible on the surface. But um, you know, if you don't know when to put that timing to work, it's, it's, it doesn't work for you. And so um, I totally agree with you. His, you know, his escapability – um, and sometimes just knowing like, Hey, this time I, I can go one-on-one with this guy and win. Cause I'm a better athlete and knowing, uh, you know, I need to put together my skills on this one. So, uh, I think he's, he's got a long way to go develop, uh, developmentally as a quarterback. He's going to need some time, but I think optimally if they could get him to where they wanted to in a hypothetical setting, he could be a better version of Sam Ellinger. I mean, he's, it, they're kind of built the same, um, He's a faster version of Sam Ellinger. Um, you know, he could – if they can get him throwing the ball in a way they need to, I think that, you know, the the ceiling is very, very high for him, obviously. Gotcha. Um, and the other player you didn't mention at Duncanville that Texas is interested in is Savion Bird, the, the big lineman. It's my understanding he's only playing defense this year. Is that right? 
Or- yeah, so D- Duncanville had a need on the defensive line, and they've got some talent on the offensive line. By the way, they've got another like a twenty twenty two, six foot six, three hundred and twenty pound offensive tackle that uh, they were just able to move into Savian's spot uh, and move Savian to defensive line. So um, he told me that basically he's doing it for the team. Um, you know, he wants to be able to help the team the best way he can. But that, you know, he really prefers to play offense, and, and that's where he's being recruited at. So it's weird. I, I, I don't know how often you see that a, a five-star offensive tackle is not playing offensive tackle, but uh, here we are. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that to that point, you see a lot of uh, position changes. Uh, Roshan Johnson would be one that we're witnessing um, as as we speak, kind of for the Longhorns going from quarterback to running back. Um, so Robinson, you're seeing this weekend – uh, did he, is it just my imagination or he rushed for like 500 yards in a game this year already? Yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago. He was, at, uh, it wasn't quite 500. It was about 470 something. Oh, uh, excuse me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but yeah, pretty close. Uh, yeah, he is, he is. And that was actually the funny thing about that is, um, so I was actually supposed to go see Bijan last weekend in El Paso. They were set to play and then El Paso canceled the game. Um, and so I, I, once they canceled the game, I had to replan this trip. And I was talking to uh, actually Lathan Ransom, the Ohio State commit, and just saying like, hey, when's a good time to come down? Like, which of these games is good? And he told me that the game, I guess it was two weeks ago, basically the one that Bijan went for 500 in was like, he's like, oh, that's our toughest competition. That'll be our best game. Um, you know, that'll be like the most exciting one. And he ran for 470, and I think they beat them by 60. So uh, they're just rolling over teams right now. You know, I, I, I'm i interested to get out there and see what the level of competition looks like because I don't think it's great. But even when level of competition is not great and it's not always going to be great across the board, what I look for in a guy is is domination. And if you can and completely dominate those levels of competition and, uh, you know, all your other traits kind of translate, um, you know, that's that's what indicates good things to me. Gotcha. Well, have a, have a good trip out there this weekend and uh, good luck with uh, Jaden Hullaby as well. The the On Thursday night, the H-back type that uh, Texas – Originally got a commitment from when he, when he was at Bishop Dunn before he transferred his senior year, correct? Yeah, and he's now playing quarterback at um, at Timberview. Oh, interesting, interesting. So uh, Longhorns at 19 commitments, uh, but they do play Oklahoma State this weekend. And, and as you mentioned, Mike, uh, they're uh, hosting some official visitors this weekend, I believe, right? Yeah, it's going to be a lot of uh, commits who are, are taking official visits. They're trying to get some other guys into. We're uh, uh, confirmations are going a little slower than than I anticipated. We just haven't heard back from some guys, so we'll be circling back uh, again today to to check with some guys. But uh, guys, we have confirmed are taking officials this weekend are Princely Uman Milan. Uh, Jaron Thompson, Jaquinda Jackson. I believe Andre Carriage will also be there, but I haven't. Uh, got the official confirmation from him that's the big offensive uh, tackle from south lake correct yeah okay. uh carriage from south lake um right now uh we're still working on finding out who the underclassmen are going to be that'll be there they're going to go in head to head with uh a who's hosting a, a big weekend uh as they play auburn um so i think they'll be kind of splitting the uh the state for uh for guys and in fact 
you know, Quay Davis, the Texas commit out of Skyline, actually told me last night he's going to A&M for the Auburn game uh, with his seven-on-seven team. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll get some more confirmations this week and have a more complete list over on Horns 24-7. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's just going to be a, a week for a lot of the commits that didn't get to come into the LSU game um, to come in. For a lot of guys who want to get their official visit out of the way to, get, to go ahead and do that and, uh, and kind of just, uh, you know, I think they've got to buy next week. So, um, it, it makes it a little easier to host official visitors when you don't have to go right back into game planning mode on Sunday. Mike, uh, mentioning Oklahoma State, uh, Spencer Sanders is a guy that uh, was right up the road from you as a recruit. He's now the quarterback for the Cowboys. What do you what do you know about Spencer? Just give us a little background on him from his high school days. Yeah, I love Spencer. Actually, when when Texas was uh, recruiting in that class, that was the Casey Thompson Cam Rising class. I was all on board for Spencer Sanders. I thought he was kind of the guy that would have been the perfect fit. Now, Spencer was pretty early done to Oklahoma State and, and never really wavered to that. But he is a kid who his future was just or his I'm sorry not his future his high school career was just robbed by injury he had two ACL injuries in high school both of them in the playoffs deep in the playoffs like I think one in the state quarterfinals and one in the state semifinals um so same leg yeah yeah I believe so okay so they lost out on two basically state title chances because you know he went down in those games and um to me just a, a kid that really is the epitome of dual threat. I thought he threw the ball really well. I first saw him at the uh, Prime 21 camp um, when he was like a sophomore. Thought he threw the ball really well. Was a dynamic runner. Um, you know, he just kind of fits. Like, he he makes sense at Oklahoma State. He's he's kind of a guy that, uh, that Gundy can do a lot of things with. And, um, you know, to me, I think was was probably one of the – it will be the guy in a few years that a bunch of teams, A&M, Oklahoma, those teams will all say, how did we let that kid get away from us and go to Oklahoma State? Yeah, I I, I think that uh, from what I, what I remember is I always saw him as a very tough player um, above and beyond his athleticism and his ability to throw the ball. He also has some, uh, some fighter mentality in him uh, as well, I think, and uh, I think. I think it's going to be an interesting matchup for Texas uh, this weekend. Uh, yeah, I mean, he goes to Ryan, or he went to Ryan, which was a pretty tough program. They kind of breathe that into you. I think, uh, obviously, I mean, this is, I mean, this is more team team oriented here, but this is as, as must win, I think, for recruiting as it gets this year. I mean, that they people can forgive the LSU uh, loss. That was an exciting game, all that good environment, but two and two and and. I think people want to see Texas take that next step against the Oklahoma States of the world. Yeah, well, I think what's Gundy won five in a row in Austin. Is that right? Yeah, 2008, I believe, is yeah. the last time they got it. That's, that's hard to believe. Um, let's talk about overall numbers because with Jordan, Ty Jordan's commitment, Texas now sits at 19 um, pledges, right, for the 2020 class. Right. Early signing periods in December. What um, are Texas's overall numbers for this year uh, as it relates to scholarships? I mean, you know, max of 25 in a single year, but you can count back and all this other stuff. What is the real number looking like right now, Mike? And I know you can only give a, a guesstimate at, at some level because it, things are always going to change. 
Yeah, I don't think they get to 25. And Tom Herman addressed it um, earlier this week on the conference call where he just said they they don't anticipate the attrition necessary to get to 25 with this class. Um, so, you know, and that, th- th- those things can always change. Of course, Caleb Johnson just went into the portal. I think, uh, you know, Herman said that before that happened. So that's just an example of how things can come out of nowhere. But um, this class is just about done. I think that 22 or 23 maybe is the number. Um, and they're really in the, in the home stretch here. I think that they'll – Maybe hold a spot or two for a Juco guy or a late evaluation that they can make. But, uh, you know, what's on the board right now is pretty much what it is. You know, I think it's guys like LV Bunkley Shelton, um, Look Fungi is also in there, uh, Alfred Collins, of course. And then they're looking for, uh, I think, linebackers if they can find one they like. They, they really like Josh White, the LSU commit from Side Creek. Uh, but, Obviously, he's committed, so they've got to work on flipping him. I mean, they'll hold something, one or two open for late flips or late evaluations or JUCOs. But uh, to me, you know, what's on the board is pretty much what's it. Yeah, I, I think that's that all makes sense. And, and I would uh, – you mentioned Caleb Johnson going into the portal. Uh, he had already – of course, he's a midtermer from Fullerton uh, Community College out in California – um, he'd already been passed kind of on the depth chart by a freshman and a, uh, a fellow junior college product, uh, Jawan Mitchell, the JUCO product, and then uh, Marcus Tillman, the, the high school kid, both already ahead of Caleb Johnson. And so uh, Johnson, I think it's I think the writing was on the wall and he decided to, to get while the getting was good, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I guess when you're a Juco kid and you've got limited um, limited uh, eligibility, uh, you, you got to make the most of it. And um, But, you know, that's just kind of an example of, you know, how things could change. And if they get much more, maybe the numbers increase. But for right now, I, I think 22 or 23 is absolutely the number. Right. The one thing about Mitchell that people miss on too, Mike, is that he's a four for three. So he's actually only a sophomore. Um, right. Theoretically, as a as a player, and so that puts a guy like Johnson even further behind the the eight ball as it, as it uh, relates to that. Um, question for you: uh, any anything you're really looking forward to this week and next ten to fourteen days of of things happening and recruiting around around uh, the Texas program? I think. You know, things are really starting to slow down. And I I mentioned this uh, earlier this week on the Blitz podcast with Jeff is that uh – it's it's been such a weird year because when I took over the full-time role – I took over the full-time role. Recruiting was like awfully slow. Texas was just kind of getting beat for their primary targets. And um, all I had to report was bad news. And then uh, in July, everything kind of ignited and – went on a, a serious run of just, I think I was reporting a commitment just about every day between the 2020 and 21 class. And now it's kind of like back to nothing's really happening because there's not that many guys left on the board. 2021's kind of slowed down a little bit. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's not, not a ton going on. I, I'm, I'm really interested to go see these games. I'm, I'm interested to go out to Tucson and, and kind of gauge this level of, of competition and really see Bijan in person live. By the way, Jonah Miller, his, his teammate is a Texas target at offensive line in 2021 as well. Um, so interested to see him and, uh, and, and see what he can do. But no, I mean, other than that, I think that, 
Um, it's going to be kind of kind of slow until uh, till some of these guys start making decisions down the stretch, and I think most of those decisions will be made into November and December. Gotcha. Uh, you know what, Mike? I, I think that that one last thing I want to ask you is is really, um, you know, as and you mentioned late bloomers or late evaluations for Texas. Um, we'll start to see kind of percolating new names come up late in the process of guys that are having standout senior seasons. And they're just, I mean, they could be totally out of nowhere. I mean, we didn't know who Jawan Mitchell was until I think January of last year. Um, you, you know what I'm saying? And, and the same can be said, and Jawan's obviously a junior college player, but, but those things uh, tend to happen. You said they may, lo- may they may leave one or two spots open for those types of players, just guys that they think can have an impact at those at, at some specific positions. Yeah, I think the positions you would look at there are probably linebacker, and I keep saying tight end. I mean, I know that that they think Jaden Holaby is is could be a jumbo athlete guy who plays H back or tight end, or he could be a linebacker as well. Uh, but I think that. Uh, you know, you've got to, if they can find a guy in the Juco ranks or a guy who's been a, a project at the high school level, I think you've, you've got to maybe take a chance on one if you've got an extra scholarship. I was, I was really impressed on uh, Saturday night by Jared Wiley, uh, the converted quarterback to tight end for Texas. He actually seemed to have a, a better feel for blocking the run game than, than Cade Brewer or, um, or, uh, uh, Reese Latow, and then you're telling me now that Hullaby is also playing quarterback, and so it makes me wonder, you know, if those guys don't see the the run game a little bit better coming from the quarterback position. But uh, Hullaby's certainly not a Hullaby's more of a, an H back type than he is a, a tight end tri- type, right? Yeah, he's probably about six two and a half uh, two twenty right now. So gotcha. would fit much more as an H back. That's what Bo Scaife was coming out of high school, just for the record. Um, he turned right. out pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> a few years in the pros. All right, well, Mike, I appreciate it. That's going to be it for this week, the state of recruiting. Uh, I appreciate your time. Also, if you're looking for other Longhorn content and podcasts, uh, please uh, subscribe to The Blitz, uh, hosted by Jeff Howe. Rod Babers is also on that as well, the former Longhorn. Uh, And we will see you again next week uh, for Mike Roach. I'm Bobby Burton. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.